You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday final podcast of the week before we get to Media Day on Monday. And yes, Monday morning, bright and early for you, there'll be a podcast getting you primed and ready for Media Day, for training camp, and we'll continually talk about the biggest topics coming up over the next couple of weeks. I'm excited. You should be excited. And frankly, we've got more news even today as the Pelicans made a new hire, two new hires actually, to their coaching staff. One in particular really stands out. I'll let you know who that is if you don't already know. We've got updates to Brandon Ingram's health, to Lonzo Ball's health as well. And then finally... In the third segment, I'll give you an update on Didi Silva playing down in the Australian Basketball League. How's he done through the first couple of games? The league is surprisingly competitive, and there's more eyes on it than ever. And it's maybe no surprise that the Pelicans picked that to have Didi play. So I'll give you an update on his status as well. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So the Pelicans announced two additions to the coaching staff today through a press release. They've added A.J. Diggs and Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame inductee Teresa Weatherspoon to the coaching staff. Both of these coaches are filling what David Griffin mentioned earlier on in his tenure, right in the beginning of his tenure really, as two-way coaches. They're going to be working on player development and be spending time in the D League, or sorry, G League with the two-way guys that the Pelicans have in Josh Gray and Zylan Chatham. AJ Diggs, Cool. Don't know much about him. He's a native of Long Beach, California. He played at Cal Berkeley and then has been working in the G League for the past couple of years with Toronto's 905 team. He's been on the um, Austin Spurs as well. And he's got some extensive experience of player development, which is really what that league is is supposed to be all about. I think is a great role for him. He's going to spend time with the parent club, with the G League, just with those guys wherever they are really working to make them feel like an extension of the Pelicans. The headliner in all of this, though, absolutely has to be Teresa Weatherspoon. This is very cool. Obviously, a woman. She's a WNBA player, a Hall of Famer, and basically has just as many accolades as Swin Cash does. And In fact, they work together with the New York Liberty. But this is David Griffin going back to what he said at the beginning of his introductory press conference when they were filling out the rest of this organization. Let's just get the best people in, and then we'll figure out the right roles to them. Clearly, Teresa Witherspoon and AJ Diggs, too, is someone that they identified as someone they just had to have in the organization they went out and they made a role for her basically and it you know you have previous working experience with them with swin cash it adds to that family-like atmosphere too this is good you know there's only 10 now female coaches in the nba she becomes one of those 10 it's very cool just to see the pelicans not doing what everyone else has done for very long it's nice to see that there's more diversity there's different voices. Voices, there's different skill sets and things like that. 
added to this coaching staff, to the front office in ways that they really haven't had before. And maybe one day we won't really get, you know, it won't be a big deal over a woman being added to the coaching staff or being a head coach. But I don't think we're just there yet. So this really is something that should be celebrated. And frankly, someone with her resume and track record and is a basketball Hall of Famer, and it's not the NBA Hall of Fame, it's just overall basketball Hall of Fame. She's in there. It's pretty good. She's also got head coaching experience too with Louisiana Tech, leading the Lady Texters, by the way is their name, to a 99-71 and record over six seasons. She made consecutive trips to the NCAA tournament in 2010-2011, won the WAC tournament in 2010, and it's just very cool to see overall. So having a former head coach that's had some success is a very, very cool thing. Um, she formerly played at Louisiana Tech as well, 84 to 88, and she helped lead that 88 team to the NCAA National Championship during her senior year there. She played 16 years pro basketball in Italy, France, Russia, and then the New York Liberty from 97 to 03. She finished her professional career with the Sparks and basically is just kind of up there all the way in a number of different things, including winning back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year awards in 97 and 98. Basically, she's pretty good. At the end of her career, she was named one of the top 15 players of all time in the WNBA. And yeah, is a Hall of Famer because of that. So very cool to see she was just inducted. Someone like that, even if they have had coaching experience, maybe they don't have as much player development experience, who cares? They clearly know basketball and can help communicate that. And she's big on the defensive side of the ball, which if you're teaching rookies is something you really got to get them to buy into. So having her working with the two guys on the G G League team, on two-way contracts, on defense, is certainly what you want to see and bringing that to the parent club of the Pelicans as well. So very cool hire. Um, More out-of-the-box thinking for Dave. David Griffin and everyone else. So very cool to see. We'll see, we'll probably learn much more about their roles and specifically what it's going to entail, though two-way coaches is really probably the way to go. And we'll see them at Media Day on Monday. So we've got the injury update coming for Lonzo Ball for Brandon Ingram as well. Before we get to that, though, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. That way you get the latest episode when it drops. You're going to be up to date on everything going on around this team. And please, if you get a second, leave a five-star review. It does help keep this free in five days a week for you all. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, what's the status on both of these guys? We've seen kind of a mixtape highlight video of Lonzo Ball this offseason. We've seen that from numerous players. It doesn't really mean anything other than we saw his form is still funky. But are they actually healthy? They were hampered by injuries last year. Lonzo Ball a little bit more so than that. And then you had Brandon Ingram, you know, really have a seriously concerning blood clot, basically, deep tissue thrombosis or whatever it's called. And that can be a very scary scary thing. Are these guys going to be okay to play? And well, the answer comes from good friend Andrew Lopez, now of ESPN. That is very cool to say. And he is reporting that both Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball have been full participants in the team's voluntary offseason workouts in New Orleans. Neither player has been restricted by the injuries that shut them down at the end of last year. And 
that's got to be good with training camp right around the corner going in with a healthy roster, maybe for the first time other than Darius Miller, in a very long time. So very cool to see. Both of these guys have very high potential, both uh, former number two overall picks. Brandon Ingram is, by the way, in a bit of a contract year because the Pelicans can offer him an extension, and uh, you've got to kind of make a decision on what you want to do with him. So we'll talk about that more later at some point, but really for him, this could be, it's not make or break. He's going to get paid this offseason, probably no matter what, but it's make or break for his tenure with the Pelicans. He's got a very limited time to prove that you've got to commit a lot of money to him because frankly, that's what it's going to take. Brandon Ingram did play exceptionally well when LeBron James was injured last year. He averaged 23 points over his final 15 games, shot 56.5% from the field and almost 38% from deep. That's pretty good. And as we said, these blood clots, as long as they're in the upper body, it's less of a serious injury. I'm not a doctor. I'm just repeating what doctors say when it comes to that. And then Lonzo Ball, who had injured his left ankle in early January and just wasn't right and kind of was banged up before that, finally has a chance to be healthy and show what he can do in an offense that maybe makes better use of his skills and talents. You know, he's going to be maybe that primary playmaker, that uh, point guard while Drew Holiday starts off the ball, but also a guy who has had trouble scoring and his offense has not been good, but can get it maybe done in transition, as we mentioned yesterday. Defensively, having him in the backcourt alongside Drew Holiday could do a lot for his reputation. That could be one of the more fearsome backcourts in the NBA this season. So both of these guys being healthy, going into training camp, really understanding the roster and everything the Pelicans are wanting to do and being able to get out there and run with their guys, I think is a big thing. I mean, health is just good, right? We haven't had a ton of that here historically in New Orleans. Maybe it's changing for the better, but both of these guys, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, healthy going into training camp starting next week. So we've got the D.D. Silva update coming in just a moment here before we get to that. I said subscribe to the podcast earlier, but also tell a friend, spread the word about Locked On Pelicans, get them clued into what's going on with this season because it is going to be a lot of fun and I cannot wait. You cannot wait. You want your friends to be excited too. So tell them where to find Locked On Pelicans. Give them a reason to listen. Let's get them clued into the podcast. It is going to be a very fun season. Marcos Luzada Silva was the second round pick of your New Orleans Pelicans. Didi Silva, Didi Luzada, we're not sure what he's going to go by in the NBA when he comes over, likely next year. But he's playing in the Australian League this year with the Sydney Kings as kind of their next stars program, which means they had to lure him there a little bit. The Pelicans wanted him to go to a good league where he could work on learning English since he's not fluent with the language at all. And he decided there. It's a good league. You might be hearing a lot about it because LaMelo Ball is playing out there currently too. It's kind of the new hotness climbing his way into the top three of the NBA draft charts. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. You also have RJ Hampton, who's expected to be a top five pick playing there as well. Andrew Bogut is on the team with Didi Silva. So there's a lot of talent there and it seems like it's a very good league to go and play in. Well, he's going to be playing there for the year 
And you know what? They're in preseason right now. His first game, league game, is going to be October 4th. So that Friday before the Pelicans open practice. And he's done well so far in preseason for the Sydney Kings, scoring 13 points in his first game as a reserve. The big one, though, was really what he put up against RJ Hampton and the team he's on. 29 points, 4 rebounds, 3 of 6. Did it on 10 of 16 from shooting in a 32-point preseason. Season win by the Sydney Kings. He finished 8 of 11 from 3 in that game. He was 10 of 16 from the field, 8 of 11 from 3. The dude was happy to shoot. You saw a little bit of this from him in Summer League 2 where he played with the Pelicans. He has a lot, a lot of confidence in his game, and he is not afraid to pull up and shoot whatsoever. He fell back down to earth a little bit in the final uh, preseason game, scoring four points, eight rebounds, two assists, two steals, 24 minutes there. And he played with the Brazil team in um, the FIBA World Cup, playing in five games. He only averaged under 10 minutes per game in that one 2.2 points 1.8 rebounds before they were bounced out so not great there but he wasn't getting significant minutes but with a starting role on a team like the Sydney Kings he's looking pretty good so far and this is someone to keep an eye on because obviously the Pelicans feel they got a steal with him in the second round David Griffin has openly talked about that and they see him potentially being part of the future and he's young this is first, you know, real year professionally. So we're going to see how he grows, but we're going to keep an eye on him throughout the year, how he's doing down there. If you want, I'm not saying you should. I'm not even saying I'm going to do it. You can get League Pass. I think it's like $5 a month to watch all of the Australian League games uh, to keep an eye on him because you've got to figure this is a guy who's almost going to be like a draft pick for the Pelicans next year if he does end up making the team, which is what it sounds like the plan could be. So keep an eye on Didi Luzada Silva, Marcos Luzada Silva, down there in Australia playing against some really good competition this year. He's already off to a great start. So that's going to do it for the Friday edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Leave a five-star review. Media Day is Monday. I'll have a Media Day and a training camp primer for you all. Ready to go Monday morning. I'm excited. I'm going to be there at Media Day as well. We'll bring you all the news. We'll break it all down. We're going to have a lot of fun next week, so make sure you tune in. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLAJake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow or sorry, Monday.